We saw extreme government overreach um, throughout our country uh, during the whole COVID and coronavirus pandemic. And so this particular piece of legislation ensures that churches and other religious organizations receive equal treatment. Welcome into the Black Friday edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and I know you are filled with turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and all the rest, as as I know I am today. What we wanted to talk to you today, Tanya Shellnut with Alliance Defending Freedom is going to be joining us here shortly to talk about House Bill 3105, Religion is Essential, and why that's so important and why that bill is so needed in our state to be codified into law. We'll talk about that in a second, but Mitch... What I wanted to talk about today is tying in that idea of religion being essential with Thanksgiving, and obviously we are now hurtling toward Christmas and yeah. the Advent season. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the the emphasis of religion when it comes to the day of Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is a Christian holiday. It, its basis is in Christianity, and here's why I say this. In 1789, George Washington proclaimed a day of public thanksgiving and thanks to thank God for his protection and as the source of all that is good. In the proclamation he wrote, this is from 1789, y'all. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of the great and glorious being, being with a capital B, who is the beneficent, capital A, author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. Simply put, George Washington in 1789 proclaimed a day of thanksgiving, not for food, not for family. He proclaimed it as a day of thanksgiving for protection Mm -hmm. and for provision from Almighty God for providing a way for them to become a country, to become a united people, and protect them and give them the opportunity to do this. This Thanksgiving at its very core from 1789, and obviously we can go back even further. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? We can go back even further. It is a day of giving thanks to God for his protection and provision. Absolutely. You know, I I think through exactly what uh, Thanksgiving is, and and a little bit tongue-in-cheek, a little bit in joking, in jest, we kind of say that Christmas gets all the glory, and, and we'll talk about that in just a second and how we celebrate the birth of Christ. But, you know, if you go to the store in July, right after 4th of July, they've got the Halloween stuff out. And then like right before Halloween, middle of October, you go in and they've got the Christmas stuff out. In fact, I think they're putting the Christmas stuff out in June now. I think um, so. so, I mean, everybody's excited about Christmas and we can talk about exactly why and, you know, the, the commercial aspect, you know, I'm not going to go full. Uh, am I allowed to say Charlie Brown on our podcast? Uh, I'm not going to go. Uh, I'm not going to go full peanuts on you and there talk about commercial Christmas and all that uh but i think there's something to be said about thanksgiving getting the shaft a lot of people just skip right over the holiday and by holiday and anytime someone says happy holidays now they might be dodging or avoiding saying christmas or thanksgiving but it it simply does mean a holy day or a day that Mm -hmm. we set apart to celebrate something so i'm I'm not really down all i'm not really upset with the idea of a holiday uh so Thanksgiving is a national holiday, not just a day off of work. Uh, You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes in. Sadly, 
Thanksgiving, you know, really gets skipped over. And I think Thanksgiving is one of the most uh, needed, absolutely needed days in our year. We ought to have Thanksgiving 365 days a year. Right. And social media has kind of done something with that, you know, with the Thanksgiving month and that trend of, hey, every day I'm going to post something I'm thankful for. But ultimately, the introspective look in our hearts to say, today I am thankful for this. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. You know, that that old Baptist song, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's important for us to take apart what it means to be thankful every single day of the year. But this day after Thanksgiving, when you're running around probably with your girlfriends to a million different stores and you probably got Starbucks in your hand because you've been up since three trying to get in line, uh, you <laughs> to know, get $10 or, off of something or, or yeah, that's right. Or that flat screen mm-hmm. uh, TV at the front of the store that everybody's looking through the windows at right now, uh, you know, kind of thing, or, or you're, you know, taking the day off, you know, the, you're, you're working off the cur- turkey coma, uh, those sorts of things. The trip to Fanta is awesome. Um, all that to say that it's important that we continue, not just the traditions, but that we work through why we have these holidays. Gratitude and Thanksgiving go hand in hand, and there are studies that prove out that a person who lives with a grateful heart is healthier. You are, you're just healthier. When you list a good exercise, and I and I struggle with this sometimes because some days are harder than others, but oh, yeah. is at the end of your day, list four things you're grateful for sure. every single day. And you're going to end up repeating, and that's okay, but try to go a week without repeating and just list. And you'd be surprised how that changes your perspective. Just a few things here. Um, Thanksgiving and giving thanks is something we should always do. I, I love this one, Psalm 104. Mm-hmm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. We give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his love. We should be doing that each and every day, but certainly thanksgiving. Religion is essential, and thanksgiving proves that out. Now we're moving, as I said, toward hurtling. I'll put it that way. The Christmas music started playing in our house well before Thanksgiving. We're moving towards Christmas, and we're going to be in the season of Advent now um, as as we begin to gather. And, and this, Mitch, is the Christmas season. I don't know. We didn't really change much of Christmas last year in our home and in our church it was pretty much the same. Uh, we didn't really do a whole lot different right, because right, of COVID. Yeah. COVID had kind of waned there for mm-hmm. a little while, and we and we, we kept things pretty much the same. But this is, for many across the country and maybe even across our state, this Christmas is going to be a lot different than last and that it might be beginning to return to your traditions you had in 2019 mm-hmm. and previous. And maybe because of 2020, you're setting up new traditions. But something to remember here is while while we will gather in churches across the state and across the country for Christmas, we need to remember that there there could come a time, if not bound within the law, that an edict or an order could bar you or attempt to bar you from gathering with your church. Absolutely. I, I and, and as we walk through this and as we think through what it means for churches to be open, you know, we have what we would call the CEOs, the Christmas and Easter only, but yep. maybe maybe you're going to go to a, a, a 
Christmas Eve mass, or you'll have a candlelight service at your church, or maybe maybe you're going to go for your obligatory, I've got to go with grandma to church. And by the way, you ought to go to church a little more often than that, not for the sake of fulfilling an obligation, but to connect and, and rekindle that romance and that intimacy with, with God. I think it's important for us to gather. It's important, exactly that. It's important for us to understand that the body of Christ is meant for connection. We are meant to connect with one another. And and while we embrace and celebrate and, and take advantage of those freedoms and liberties given to us by God and afforded by the state in this particular climate, you're absolutely right. Justin, there, there. I, I don't say there might come a day. There will come a day when a tyrannical form of government, whether it's here in the Western Hemisphere, specifically in North America or even the United States, does what Europe and Africa and Asia and even Australia mm, have done so. or are doing right now. And we must put into South Carolina code that religion is essential. Let me say it this way. Not just religion. The church is essential. Just as we've traveled across the state, uh, we've continually said certain things. One of those things is if a policeman can do his job and protect the public, if a fireman can rescue you from a burning building, or if an ambulance can carry you or your loved one from the scene of an accident to a hospital, and that doctor at the hospital or nurse can work on you and make you whole again, then if those things, those professions are essential, then the church is just as essential, not just two days out of the year, but every single day. Why? Because the church is a hospital for the hurting. It's a place of hope for those who absolutely have no hope. And I'm grateful for Governor McMaster. I'm grateful for his administration. They they honestly did not put any restrictions on the church in the midst of all of COVID through all of 2020. And yes, even through 2021, there were no restrictions on the, on the church like we saw in California, like we saw in Massachusetts, like we saw in these liberal states. I'm grateful for that, but I don't know who the next governor is going to be and the next governor and the next governor. I don't know who the next state representative is going to be who will introduce that bill that will effectively eliminate or at least curb your religious liberties. At Palmetto Family, we exist. The reason why we get up and go to work every day, we fight for you in the state house every day of the session. The reason why we travel to Varnville and Hartsville and all, all the villes. All the villes and Spartanburg and 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 Bamberg and Bamberg, all the Bergs. The reason why we go across this state is to ensure that you live in a state where God is honored, where religious freedom flourishes, where families thrive and life is cherished. And that that sounds like something we say. No, that is the code. That is the honor. That is the commitment that our staff at Palmetto Family pledge to you as the people of South Carolina. While we are here you can rest assured that we will fight every single day to make sure that your religious liberty is protected. It's enshrined in the Constitution. Pure and simple. Freedom of religion. It is it is enshrined in our in our founding document that we have the freedom not only not only for that, but freedom to assemble. And we we have seen it over the past wow, nearly twenty four months 
the clampdown, most notably from Governor Gavin Newsom out of California, have family in California, um, and they have been dealing with this type of issue, these type of issues for well almost two years now, as their governor tries to clamp down on the assembling of churches. They made it a point at one point to say that you couldn't sing above a whisper for fear of spreading COVID. And and y'all, it's COVID today, but what's the next one? Correct. What's the next thing? Because there will be a next thing. Tyrannical people on either side will seize any opportunity to be tyrannical. That's just human nature. It's it's sin. I don't know of any other way to put it. It's it's the sin nature. It's the human nature. So this House bill, House Bill 3105, I know what you're thinking right now as you're driving to and from these different stores, picking up your, your Christmas gifts. Man, I hope you get your Christmas shopping done today. Wouldn't that be a weight off your shoulders? There you go. But as you're driving to and from these stores, I know what you're thinking right now. You're going, Justin, man, bro, we're South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I heard this from one of oh, my family yeah. members. We're South Carolina, man. We're the buckle of the Bible Belt. Religion is essential here. We don't need this. You said it. Governor McMaster has not put any restrictions on churches. Yes, Governor Henry McMaster has it, and we thank God for his leadership in this effort. However, it's not it's not codified in state law. It, it, whoever comes next, there has to be parameters on power, and when it comes on on, on this issue. There should never, ever, ever be a reason for government to step in and say you cannot gather together with other believers who believe what you believe to worship the God you serve. There should never be a single politician that can rule and reign over your life in that way. And that's what this bill says. That's what House Bill 3105 says. Hey, Justin, I'm so glad that we're joined by some very influential guests. In fact, our guest on today's podcast is one of the most influential figures, in not just in South Carolina and the fight for liberty and religious rights here in South Carolina, but Tanya Shellnut is on the front lines across the United States. And I'm just so grateful for her and what she's doing to protect religious liberty across the country. I know she's in Montana. Uh, what other states are you in, Miss Tanya Shelnut? Well, as the only state government relations director for Alliance Defending Freedom, I go to whatever state um, is, is where they need me. And so that could be Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, Alabama, just wherever I'm needed. But I'm so blessed to call South Carolina home and to be part of such a great coalition group of, of folks like you. I have the privilege of, you know, um, spending time in many state legislatures and South Carolina is very blessed. And so I'm excited for the days ahead um, in our collaboration and working to ensure generational wins. And we're honored to have you here in the Palmetto State. It is so great to see you and Alliance Defending Freedom at the State House nearly every day during the legislative session. And that's not the only work you do. You travel across the state and uh, you are there on the front lines ensuring that the freedoms of everyday Americans are well taken care of. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, ADF is the world's largest Christian legal organization, and we exist to keep the legal doors of the gospel open. And so this is something that obviously we're very passionate about um, and have been serving on the front lines for 26 years. 
I love that you mentioned that, you know, because that's the focus of what we're talking about today is the fact that the church is essential. And it's so important for us to protect and safeguard those religious liberties, not just the freedom or expression of worship, as uh, our 44th president, Barack Obama, talked about uh, within the four walls of the church, but the right of conscience for religious groups and churches outside of the church as well. But today we're talking about the religion is essential bill that has passed the South Carolina state house. Tell us a little bit more about that bill. Sure. So that bill was filed in February of last year by representative Richie Yao. And we're so thankful for him that he saw this as a, an important need. And I think it's important to point out that we saw extreme government overreach um, throughout our country uh, during the whole COVID and coronavirus um, pandemic. And so this particular piece of legislation ensures that churches and other religious organizations receive equal treatment um, during a public crisis in addition to um, a day-to-day basis. And so that, they, that the government cannot treat them with hostility uh, they have to be treated just the same as other businesses. And so uh, Richie Yao brought this, and it uh, passed through committee and went to the floor. It came out on a vote, so it passed the House. And now it's just sitting in judiciary, Senate judiciary, waiting for it to come up um, and be assigned. Actually, it's assigned to the committee, but we're waiting for it to come out and, and, and be put forth for a vote. Tanya, Immediately, people who are listening, I'm just going to go ahead and read their minds and vocalize their thoughts here. Uh, House Bill 3105 that passed the House and, is, and it, as you mentioned, is sitting in uh, Senate Judiciary. The immediate response is, well, Tanya, this didn't matter here. Our churches stayed open here. There's no real need for this bill. Why are we spending time on this bill? Why is this bill going to take up time in the Senate, obviously post-medical marijuana debate? Why is this bill going to take up so much time when we really don't need it? And I think the answer, and, and you can maybe speak more to this, is while we currently have a governor and, and, a, and an executive branch in our state that is favorable to religious freedom, there comes a time where that might not be the case. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. We are very thankful to have a Republican majority in South Carolina, but when it comes to specific social issues, I would uh, dare to say that they're a little slow in responding. And so although Governor McMaster did a great job protecting churches, we have for years and years and years used the excuse of this isn't happening here. And we are seeing our culture um, move farther, faster than we ever anticipated. And we see uh, a culture where our courage is under fire. And as people move into this great state of South Carolina, it's very important for us to be visionary and strategic and no longer allow for the excuse of that's not happening here. Because we are seeing um, people come in from blue states, bringing their ideology, their policies with them. And we want to ensure that the next generation has protections in place. We see how important the church is serving our communities. They have, on an annual basis, provide $1.2 trillion through emotional, spiritual, um, food shelters, um, hospitals, schools, soup kitchens, um, to the economy. And so we want to make sure that we don't allow for the excuse of that's not happening here to prevail anymore. We need to stand up and we need to take this bill. It's a simple bill. Like I said, it passed the House. There's no reason why 
the Senate wouldn't want to put this in place for our future generations. We're talking with Tanya Shellnut with Alliance Defending Freedom. Tanya, I, I love when people say, well, we really don't have to worry about this in South Carolina. Because, in fact, we do. In fact, there was a case where religious liberty was called into question. I was called during the pandemic by a pastor in the Spartanburg and Gaffney area of South Carolina. And he, as a pastor, anytime you ever hear these words, preacher, we've got a problem, you know that something is a brew. He, he called and he said those words. He said, Preacher, we got a problem. At the time, I was uh, director of, and still am, the director of about 800 pastors and ministry leaders across the South Carolina. He said, we've got a problem. I said, what is it? He said, last night, a municipality here in our state, Gaffney, South Carolina, ruled, they, they basically lumped churches into a, a category, uh, a, an entertainment category, and were going to find churches per instance that they they interrupted this law or this ordinance by that town. Within 30 minutes, we had the governor's office, we had the the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, and SLED on the line. And SLED sent a letter to the Gaffney City Council, specifically the Gaffney City Manager, and said, don't bring your California to our Carolina. And and that's what we're seeing a lot of. You're absolutely right. As people move here and certain ideologies are are infiltrated and and dare I say infect our state and and the values that we have, you know, it's grossly concerning that we're seeing these things happen. Yes, right here in the Palmetto State. And ladies and gentlemen, as you listen, if it can happen in the upstate, it will happen in the low country. And if it can happen there, it will happen in the Midlands and in the CSRA. And it will happen all across this state. So if you're listening right now, please don't buy the gaslighting ideology that, oh, it, 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 we don't have to worry about that here. We do. We have to be concerned with these issues. And I'm so grateful that, Miss Tanya, you and Alliance Defending Freedom have been right there when it comes to religious liberty in the church. The Religion is Essential Bill, sponsored by Representative Richie Yow. So, Miss Tanya, what can the people listening right now, what do they need to be doing ahead of this coming legislative session? Well, I would just put a call to action to your senators and, and say to them, hey, this bill passed the House. We'd like to see it come up for a vote. Um, and get it out of committee and get it to the floor for um, a, a floor vote. Again, this is a um, a no-brainer bill. This is a softball bill. This is a bill that everybody can get behind um, because at the end of the day, um, public officials uh, have obviously the authority to protect health and public safety, but the First Amendment, and inc- that includes the free exercise of religion, is never suspended. And so this we're, as I said earlier, we're seeing the culture take us faster and farther than we want um, or ever uh, believed we would go. And so this is a way to put those guardrails that y'all speak of up so that we have protections in place. And that whole thought process of, well, this isn't happening right now. Um, we have have stood up for their future generations and they're counting on us to do that. And, it, and we are obligated because somebody went before us to protect our freedoms. Again, this is just a phone call saying, hey, we want to hear or we want to see the Religion is Essential bill passed. 
um, for our future generations. Tanya Shelnut with Alliance Defending Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast and, and giving us and the listeners just a little bit more of an understanding of why that bill, House Bill 3105, Religion is Essential, why it's so important heading into the 2022 session. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I think at the end of the day, this is just about educating the people because I think people want to be involved. They just don't know what to do. And so I appreciate the opportunity to come on and share about this important um, piece of legislation. That was Tanya Shelnut of Alliance Defending Freedom, one of our One Message partners. We're so thankful for the work that she does at the State House and what Alliance Defending Freedom, the work they do across the country to defend freedom for freedom-loving Americans every single day. We're so thankful for the work they do. It is, of course, our Black Friday edition of Palmetto Family Matters podcast. And as we wrap this one up, we've got Black Friday today. Again, like I said, I hope you get your Christmas shopping done today. If you don't, if you're holding out for Cyber Monday, I understand. Cyber Monday is Monday, so always make sure you get your gifts. I'm telling you, a weight off your shoulders if you get all your presents bought by December 5th. But Mitch, there's another day that follows Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and that is Giving Tuesday. Absolutely. We encourage you to invest in Palmetto Family Council. We say invest, not donate or give, because we believe that you expect, and we understand that you expect, an ROI, a return on your investment. In fact, Justin, if I could add one letter to that, it's a K-R-O-I. It's kingdom return Absolutely. on investment because we're making uh, strides for the kingdom through the spread of the gospel in every sphere of influence across the Palmetto State. And so you expect a return on your investment. So if you are listening to this as uh, Cyber Monday or Giving Tuesday is coming up. Maybe you're listening on Wednesday after Giving Tuesday. You're still more than welcome to invest in Palmetto Family Council. We will make sure that we honor your investment to ensure that the Palmetto State is a great state to live, work, and raise a family. There's one major way that you can connect with us, and that is by downloading the Palmetto Family Council app. When you do, go to your app store and download the app. When you do, you will have access to all of our podcasts. You can get inside the state house to connect with and find out who your state senator and state representative are. You can track different bills. I'm doing that right now. And you can also invest right there. There is a button there for you to do that. So we encourage you to download the app and do as you're led to do. If you feel led to invest, do it. We believe you will get that return on your investments. We continue to work to be the cultural guardrails of the state of South Carolina with each and every one of you and each and every one of us as a reflector on the guardrail. Again, let us be one of the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and maybe one of the first to wish you a Merry Merry Christmas Christmas. here on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. We will talk to you again on Tuesday.